You are now listening to the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. Five, six, seven, eight. Holla, boys and girls, it's the BGN. Coming from the Marvel world to the DC friends. All the way from Hollywood to the PCN. She defends everyone from sleazy men. Won't apologize for spitting Shonda Rhimes. The space that we make is never colonized. We're talking games and movies and actors. Words. Better shake your booties for Black Girl Nerds. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. My name is Jamie and I am your host along with Ryan. The two of us break down one of the most popular superheroes in comic books right now and of many, many years now, and that is Batman. That's right. We are talking about the new Warner Brothers film, The Batman, which is currently in theaters, and we're going to break down everything. First and foremost, if you have not seen the movie, please make sure you go see the movie first before listening to the podcast because... There are going to be some mild spoilers here and there, but we're going to talk about everything from our favorite characters, our favorite moments, who is the greatest Batman of all time, who is the greatest Riddler of all time, and everything and more in this fun, comic book filled, fantastic episode of the Black Girl Nerds podcast. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of The Batman featuring yours truly and my host, Ryan. Welcome to the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Vengeance. I don't know. I don't know. I tried it out. I had to do it. You know, I might didn't do patents and justice. But today, you guys, we are giving you our Batman reactions. The Batman is out in theaters now. Go check it out. I know we're still dealing with a lot of COVID restrictions, so maybe you can see it early during the week. And you don't just get to hear me rant and rave about it. I got the boss. I got the CEO, editor, Black Girl Nerds, head Black, head black Nerd in charge. I like to call her. Jamie in the building to chat with me about it. Jamie, how you doing? I'm doing great, Ryan. How are you? So excited to talk the Batman with you. This was such a welcome surprise to this world of like years and years of the Batman. So I will start. I'll let you go first. Um, you got to go to a cool like uh, screening of it and everything and, and just give us like your overall. What did you think about it? Yeah, well, first and foremost, shout out to Warner Brothers who set me up with a screening, which was kind of like a private screening. It's great because. You know, I I have not, and we've talked about this before, Ryan, and other podcasts, I've not really been in a movie theater since COVID hit. Um, It's just, I'm, even though I'm like triple vaccinated at this point, I'm just a little paranoid about going into a movie theater with a bunch of people. And now they've recently announced that there's another variant of COVID out there. I know. So so I just, I'm I'm not comfortable, but um, Warner Brothers set it up that I was able to get into a screening uh, without anybody there. It was just me and the security guard. So that was pretty awesome. Um, Right. It's cool. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I was able to see it weeks before its release and, oh man, I loved it. I, I think my only complaint was they, you know, they gave me some popcorn and soda and stuff and, and I had a large soda and I think I drank a little too much and I held my bladder for like an hour, um, through the last part of, cause the movie's like three hours long. So like right. two hours into the movie, I, I was like, I, I got to go. Like my bladder is signaling to me, like, this is the time that you have to go. But I still had another hour left of the film. And yeah, I, I held and that was, that was torture. But uh, I, I still enjoyed the movie nonetheless, but that I, I won't do that to myself again. Haven't we all been there though? Like you, like you think you got it under control, right? Like you're sitting there with the candy, the popcorn, because you know, it's the whole movie experience. You get the big old soda or something like that. Some people like get the, the slushies or whatever. And you're just sitting there going to town like, oh yes, yes. But you got to remember like most movies are like at least two hours. Or something. I forget all the time, but most movies are going to have you in there at least two hours. At least two hours. And like, it's kind of sometimes your, your, your bladder is like your brain and it knows, okay, it's time to go. And right, that's, exactly. 
that's what my bladder was doing, but it wasn't time to go yet because we still had an hour left. <laughs> You're like, no, I got to see the scene. What are you doing? It's the worst. You know, I mean, I could have probably had the privilege of asking the projector guy to pause it since I was the only one in the theater, but I, I wasn't going to do that. So anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, that was an, that was a moment, but it was fun. I, I enjoyed the film. So yeah, let, let, let's talk about it. What, what did you think of the Batman? Yeah, I, I did enjoy it. Um, this made me change my outlook on Batman because I am not a huge Batman fan. Because I, I get everybody's always like, you know, when, if, when I first heard about it, I was like, oh my God, they're getting ready to do this like 18,000 times. But seeing Robert Pattinson kind of gave it like a different feel. You know, when you saw the post and everything, okay, you're like, okay, maybe this will be different. It's a new kind of mix up to it, a new feel. And it was. I will say, though, my only complaint I had about this movie was that I could have just had a Catwoman movie, to be honest. But that might just be because I'm a Zoe Kravitz fan. No, I, I agree with you completely. <laughs> I think um, for the first time, we got a fully fleshed out Catwoman. And I mentioned this in my review of the film. Like, she was three-dimensional. We really get a lot out of Zoe's character. Of, you know, we, we really get a lot out of Selena Kyle in this um, iteration of Batman. And, you know, she, she's not just this kind of like antagonist that's sort of kind of she's not self-serving is kind of what I'm trying to say like she's someone that actually has motives for why she's making the moves that she makes in the film and I appreciate that they actually gave her depth and maybe that's why we got that extra hour because they did sort of um you know, kind of unravel and give her a little bit of character development there. Um, but but that was great. And I also like the fact that even though there was that little moment between Selena and, and Bruce or actually Catwoman and Batman, because mm-hmm. we don't really get to see them have that moment out of costume, but they, you know, they they embrace and they kiss or whatever. It, it didn't feel forced. It didn't feel like it was a fan service yep. moment. Yep. Like the moment was organic it made sense um and I'm glad that they didn't focus on their relationship she was just with him in tandem to what was going on with the overall arching plot and I I appreciated that so um she was more than just like a little like a side piece you know what I'm saying right yeah yeah Yeah, I love that about, yeah, I will say that I did really appreciate that because we know the range Zoe Kravitz had. And I remember um, seeing like hearing an interview of like that she did, um, you know, press leading up to this. And she's talking about like how she wanted to do Catwoman before, but they told her she was too urban. And I was like, do not let them put her in this movie. And she's like, like you said, like a fan service, like just something to add on to Batman. And don't give her her own little like separate space because we know she can, we know her acting chops, we know she can do it. And it's just like, why, you know, why not give her that room that they did, which really makes me want a, a movie like we've been talking about. And I like how, like you said, it's, it's like a, it's a lot of chemistry between them, but it's not played off of that. There's this mutual respect. There's these two people that are stuck in this, um, you know, hell of a city Gotham. And it's like, they're trying to figure things out. They're trying to survive. They each have their reasons for going after the bad guys or reasons for how they make ends meet. And it was just such a cool, like, uh, to watch them on screen. Like, whether they were in costume, out of costume, the little quips with each other was so cool to watch. It, it, it was it was so cool to watch. And, and it, it was cool to watch uh, Robert Pattinson as Batman. Because, yeah, absolutely. first of all, you, th- this is kind of the first time we've really seen um, a Batman film where he's mostly Batman. You know, we don't really oh, yeah. see much of yeah, Bruce yeah. Wayne. Yeah, we don't really get to see much of Bruce Wayne, even though I really loved this Bruce Wayne. Like mm-hmm. out of all of the Bruce Waynes, he's my favorite because he comes off as someone that rejects his privilege. He rejects, you know, yep. his wealth. He rejects, you know, I I don't know. I think he's like low-key, like a leftist or something. Like maybe he's even <laughs> like a, he would hang out with a whole bunch of like socialists or something. Like I just I feel like he is someone that rejects sort of the legacy of what uh the Wayne um of what Wayne Enterprises represents. And we kind of get a little bit of that in his conversation with Alfred. Like the um, excuse me, the moment where Alfred you know, tells him about the cufflinks, you know, and to mm-hmm. wear those cufflinks. And he's like, remember, you're still a Wayne, you know, at the end of the day. And it's like, you know, he doesn't even think about wearing 
fancy golden cufflinks with his tux because that's that's not his vibe and I don't know there's something about that Bruce Wayne as opposed to the Bruce Waynes that we were used to seeing like the Michael Keaton version you know or the the George Clooney version um even the Christian Bale version like uh, those guys really embraced their wealth as opposed to Robert Pattinson's version where I just get the sense that he's not all about that life yeah, and I and you know my one of my favorite ones no before because I think now Robert Pattinson is going to be up there for me, but I think one of my favorite was was Michael Keaton because like you said they do definitely play up the wealth, but um which I thought was so cool that this was different in this movie because he was basically using it as like okay I need this stuff to kind of keep you know me help me be a hero help me save Gotham is how I'm kind of using my wealth and how I'm kind of using my power, but one of the things I liked about uh, Michael Keaton's version of it and what drew me into this film is that you care about. Bruce Wayne differently like it's about him seeing him in this suit and what he means and his struggle instead of just like leading straight with like you said that like if you got the like chiseled jaw you look not both of them are easy on the eyes obviously but if you have that guy that you just set out to like he's that dude that's going to be rich and he just happens to have his money oh he wants to go save people which is like the Ben Affleck version for me which is why I wasn't a fan of that one so uh-huh. I like that this was you know I like that this was like like you said Robert Pattinson very much bought it from it was very much you know um, you know, different, like a street level. You can see his struggle with it. You can see him trying yep. to figure out where to go with his legacy. Um, and I love that about that. That, ma- that makes you care about Batman instead of being like, okay, he just has his money. Cause you know, he's the only superhero that doesn't actually have powers. So play off of his character yeah. a little bit more instead of us making us think, okay, this is just rich douchebag. He's going to come out in the fancy cars. He got the money. He just going to throw everywhere thinking he's saving the city or whatever. Yeah, exactly. And isn't there a moment in the movie and forgive me because it's been a bit, it's been quite a while (laughs) since I've seen the movie, but isn't there a moment where he struggles with um, uh, his, uh, what is it the thing that he uses when he like, it's like a little retractable thing where he goes up in the air and flies out. I don't know what that's called. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure what the, what the bad term is for, but I like when he's trying to get to the different uh, buildings and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, there, there's a there's a scene where he kind of struggles with it. Um, yeah, so yeah. I, I kind of like that little imperfection um, that uh, director Matt Reeves sort of inserted into uh, this Batman. Like, he, you know, he even struggles with you know getting the right arsenal of uh, of weapons to to use <laughs> in the right moment. So I just thought that that was really cool. I I really loved Robert Pattinson as Batman. I mean, mm-hmm. it's so interesting to hear and see these conversations unfold on the web. You know, let's let's go back in time. Remember when Heath Ledger was first cast as Joker and everybody yeah. was like, "Oh, Heath Ledger, he's too pretty and mm-hmm. oh no, he he would never get that, you know, part right." And he ultimately is like the greatest joker of our time and then robert pattinson which you know may i be so bold to say i think so far he he is one of the best batman um i still think i still think michael keaton is up there you know i'm an og but i mean he he is up there um i Mm -hmm, I even think mm -hmm. he's better than christian bale to be honest oh yeah 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 definitely yeah i definitely put him above christian yeah yeah so like i i say that to say that people were like really kind of you know, throwing shade at rapper Pattinson because they were like, oh, the guy from the Twilight movies and Vampire Boy. <laughs> yeah. and how, but it's like, if you look at Twilight, if you look at his, even if you look at his career as an actor, him playing those sort of emo, serious roles where mm-hmm. he doesn't really have to say a whole lot. It's really based off of his emotions. It's, it's based off of a stoic stare or look. He was born and made for Batman. <laughs> so, right. um, yeah, I, I absolutely thought he was brilliant in this role. And I don't know, too. I don't know to piggy out, piggyback off what you're saying, too, Jamie. I don't know if this makes sense, but it's almost like when they cast these heroes, when they cast this sort of world, it's almost like the character, um, you know, it's almost like you don't want to have the character work the suit too much. Like the suit needs to work the character. You know, like the suit, let the suit take its own version of that character. Um, you know, where it's not like, I feel like they get a certain actor sometime and it's like, they think this is going to fill out the suit and that's the look we want, but you want that actor that is going to take that suit to the next level. That's going to be something different behind it. Um, which I think Robert Pattinson does. Like, like you said, everybody's bringing up, uh, talking about like twilight and all, but that background that he has gives him a different sense of this character. Like he wants to play with the darkness. 
you know, he does that brooding so well, you know, that like trying to figure out where he's going, trying to figure out his direction as opposed to like saying, okay, I, you know, I need this buff guy, fill out this suit. He's got a bunch of gadgets. It's like he's working the suit. He's working how to figure out, you know, how to mess up this corrupt city. Like what's the root of the corruption of darkness in the city? And he has to be the light. So we want to follow him instead of the suit. But yeah, I thought they did a, a great job. Him and uh, Matt Reeves working together to, to put this Batman together. Yeah, and, like, we actually get a good story in this film. Like, for the first time, Batman is a detective. And if you're a fan of mm-hmm. Batman in the comics, Batman is a detective in the comics. Um, Scott Schneider's run of Batman, which, you know, friend of uh, BGN, Scott Schneider, shout out to him. Um, like, his run of Batman is, is so well ingrained when it comes to the detective element of uh, who Batman is and, and what that character represents. So we finally get that. And I love the um, partnership that he has um, with, uh, oh gosh, why am I blanking? Jeffrey Wright. Uh, yeah, Jeffrey, um, James Gordon. James Gordon, thank you. Um, who's a commissioner at this point. He's not, um, or he's a Lieutenant, excuse me. He's a Lieutenant at this point. He's not yet commissioner Gordon, but um but yeah, like James Gordon and them, you know, trying to figure out this case, this sort of weird, you know, Zodiac killer-esque <laughs> version of the Riddler. And I just really like that because that's been lost on a lot of older Batman movies. Yeah, We've yeah. never seen the detective and that's, that's who Batman is. Um, so yeah, shout out to Matt Reeves and, and unpacking that in this, in this version. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, him getting back to the detective work. And you're like, what? Batman can do that. And he's got like the contact list and everything. Um, so that's this mad crazy. Like you forget he can like the way his mind works, you know, to be able to outslick some of these criminals, some of these villains. You don't get to see that all the time in the, in the newer like live action Batman. So it was cool. Like you said that they brought it back. Um, and him being able to solve like all the riddles was gets into the Riddler, which this was I, I was scared, y'all. I was scared. And like when he started laughing towards the end of the movie, I was like, oh, God. This one, this one, this one had me like uh, Paul, Paul Dano, I think is how you pronounce his last name. He yep. what, when I tell you, he played he went like psycho on us for real. He played the mess out of the Riddler. I was not expecting it. You know, I'm thinking I'm about to walk in like or I guess I was hoping for like when I think Riddler, I'm thinking like, um. Oh gosh, who played the first uh, like uh, like a Jim Carrey or something? And oh, so to yeah, get this version, yeah. yeah, to get this version was insane. What did you think about it? I mean, yeah, number one, I think um, I don't know too much about the Riddler in the comics, but from what I gathered from people that I've talked to, that um, uh, Ed Nigma is pretty much like the character that we see in uh, this version of the Batman. He's very calculated, mm-hmm. uh, he's very intelligent. Um, so, you know, shout out to, of course, Jim Carrey, to um, Ed Gorshin, Frank Gorshin, excuse me, Frank Gorshin, who played mm-hmm. him in the TV version, which, you know, we'll always forever love that version of the Riddler because that's kind of how we've come to know the Riddler through, um, I guess, through our childhood of watching uh, Batman is he's, you know, comical and slapsticky and all of that. <laughs> yeah. But I think Edward Nigma is actually quite different in the comics. And um, again, like shout out to, to Matt Reeves for really kind of, you know, staying in alignment with the way at least the comic books are depicting these characters as opposed to sort of this kind of reimagined um, way or going off of kind of what we've seen based off of the 60s TV show of what the Riddler should be. I prefer this version of the Riddler. I mean, it's he's very realistic. Like this is a guy that could literally be uh, a serial killer today. Like the fact that mm-hmm. he used social media to, you know, galvanize and 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 cultivate a community of followers. Like, hello. I mean, that <laughs> that's so in tune with what's happening right now. So um absolutely I, I thought it was brilliant. I, I thought his his clues were kind of a little obvious at times, but um overall I I, I enjoyed um Paul Dano as Riddler. So yeah. Man, yeah, he yeah, he got me caught up. I I'm like I'm not for the the whole like because I know see this is the ID channel versus me not watching ID channel or the lifetime 
the Lifetime Investigative Stories, where I'm not like, so I'm not, I wasn't, I will not say I appreciated how well he crafted his character and that I was like completely on, like scared, like what is happening right now? What is he about to do? Like I said, the laugh was annoying at the end. I will admit that because I was just like, well, he gets to the point of whatever else he's destroyed in Gotham. But I wasn't, I do, I will say, I kind of like the old school feel of the Riddler, but I get this one. Like you said, it's very timely. It fits where we are right now. You know, so I get why they went the route they they went. But, and just the fact, like you said, just the fact that they bring up the Riddler. I feel like they keep skipping him when it comes to Batman. Like we go back to the Scarecrow, we go back to the Joker. You know what you're going to have? You have to have a Batman, you have to have Joker. Um, you know, the Joker in the scene too, if you do Batman, but I just like how they put the railer like forefront on this and some of the more of the criminal element in Gotham, I thought was cool. I mean, I think it's, uh, well, it's overdue for Riddler to have his like emo moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so right, right. Because we've, we've now made Joker into an emo Joker, which obviously um, um, Joaquin Phoenix did an incredible job with mm-hmm be the joker so i think it's cool to see this sort of um this transition from slapsticky and funny and happy and like you know from and not really happy but you know this maniacal kind of villain which is what we know from like the jack nicholson version to um what we've seen with what joaquin phoenix has done and it's weird. They're almost more relatable as a villain. Like not real. It's probably the wrong word to use, but there there's some empathy going on. Like, at least for me, when I saw Joker, there were a lot of times where I was very empathetic with the character, you know, like, you know, those moments of solitude, those moments Mm -hmm. of dealing with depression, dealing, you know, or even him going back and forth with um, the, the counselor and, her not meeting, you know, his needs and stuff. And, uh, you know, there, there were moments where I just was like, you know, I can understand why this guy is kind of slowly getting to his boiling point. And that's just makes for good writing and character development. So um, I, I like seeing that unfold in a story because then it makes it for a more impactful villain. Then you understand what their motives are. You understand why they became who they became. Um, and they're not just some plot device to, you know, make the story more interesting for the lead character or whatever. And and then they're just in two scenes and it's done, you know. Um, so, I, yeah, yeah I, like I, when they I explained really his love. laugh and everything too in that movie, I agree with you. It, it gives you a different sense because, you know, the Joker is bad. Right. But just like giving an explanation and being able to follow the journey. Yeah, it was definitely interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, and then, you know, look, I, <laughs> fantastic job with Penguin. I, I just, mm, first of yeah. all, I had to go, are you sure I that's to, Colin Farrell? I don't, I'm not buying it. Are you sure? I, I had to look at the credits, like just to <laughs> double check because I remember, cause I even, you know, wrote a post on black girl nerds about the casting that, you know, Colin Farrell is going to be the Penguin. Um, Because I think they announced it around the same time that Andy Serkis was playing Alfred. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. oh, okay. But I kind of forgot all about it. And then I was like, wait a second. Colin Farrell was in this movie? Wait a minute. Who did he play? (laughs) And I had to go back. so crazy. That that does not look like Colin Farrell. It's insane. It's 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 insane. It's insane. I mean, he really did the damn thing as far as just like the look and all of that. Um, like, so- I gotta admit, I'm still I'm looking like right now I'm looking at the list of cast. I, I look like you did. I looked at the credits, but I'm still not buying it. I don't get it. Like, it does not look like him at all. <laughs> it's crazy it's just like he acted his butt off because that's insane and I love like a little car chase we had with like a it was like a monster truck uh Batmobile was going down like the highway and like the whole car scene where it was like you know he was he was getting away like he was like he was not folding at all he was like oh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna get him I'm gonna get him like this is I mean he just ended up like probably no telling how many people he killed on the highway to get away from him but mm-hmm. I mean yeah. you know I guess Oswald had to give it his good old good old try there but yeah, whoo, Colin Farrell on the penguin, boy, this, this, the series they working on and all of this stuff coming up, this is going to be crazy. I was just blown away. Like, I just cannot get over it. That cannot be him. It's crazy. But he's acting his butt off, as we know. Yeah, I mean, they're just, they're all grown up. And you're right, he did 
Colin Farrell did a far better job. And I mentioned this in my review as well. He did a far better job acting wise, as far as his accent goes, because we all know Colin Farrell, he's Irish. He's a very mm-hmm, thick mm-hmm. Irish brogue. Um, but uh Sometimes in the past, he's done accents that haven't been that good. There's a movie that he <laughs> yep. did years ago called Phone Booth. If you ever have <laughs> yeah. not yeah. seen it, um, he has this like New England accent and phone mm-hmm. booth. And it's just terrible. It's the worst. Um, <laughs> you know, so, but in this movie, you know, he's, um, you know, basically sounding like a mafia guy. Like he's, he's got an Italian American accent. Yeah, it, yeah, it's good. It's authentic. It's organic. So he's obviously gotten some lessons since. <laughs> oh yeah, he worked on it. Like he worked hardcore on this one. He was like, yeah. "I gotta do the penguin right." He worked on this yeah. one. He he's gotten some lessons. He's learned from because I, I I remember watching that and him getting eviscerated by critics for that accent. Um, so I think he's learned his lesson. But yeah, he he did a good. He did a far better job in this and um. I, I, I really appreciated that. And I, I loved seeing him play along John Turturro, um, who's mm-hmm. another villain in this. And um, even though he's a new villain in the cinematic universe, I believe he was in um, Batman Halloween, something oh, Batman, okay. the, the long Halloween. Mm-hmm. Um, and that uh, character, uh, John Turturro, uh, his character played which now it's blanking on me the name of john Turturro's character in batman um i'll have to look that up really quickly but um but yeah carmine carmine falcone yeah so carmine carmine falcone mm-hmm. um was in, his character is you can get more of the origin story and more of that fully fleshed out in the long halloween but um i i absolutely loved his character because that you know uh, we're not going to spoil it, but there's a great plot twist between his character and, and Selena Kyle's character, which is yeah, really yeah. fascinating. Um, so yeah, yeah. That's cool. Yeah, I love I love the way like it's it's like uh, like you said, we won't get that scene away because I feel like when that when that moment happens um with Falcone like towards the end when all the stuff happens, you get so much about why Gotham is way the way Gotham is. And to have this movie, like I saw this quote where um, Matt Reeves was talking about how, um, you know, this is the most emotional Batman film because it literally explains, you know, and you probably still have questions and you're like, why are people still living here? Why is this thing? But it explains why Gotham is Gotham. And how do you like once and for all get rid of what's in Gotham, which you don't, but it's it's a step forward. And like, how do you figure out where the evil comes from, where the root of the evil is? Mm-hmm. because the city is in you know t- so many tv shows so many movies and they keep talking about like the the bad element you can't walk certain streets you know the whole need the whole reason the need for batwoman and everything batwoman batman look at me confusing my uh dc characters uh for <laughs> batman you do you know you need like these characters out there um and and it's just it's so cool i love how they go to the city the the it looks fantastic on screen the way they play at the city the way the city's uh drawn out um, if you get a chance to see it in IMAX, I highly recommend it. Um, we know the price is going up because they're getting excited with this box office numbers. But yeah, if you can, if you can see it in IMAX, it's really cool. The really cool the way the background takes up the screen. It's wet, you know, rainy. So it's it's really cool the way that looks. Um, the way they really play up Gotham in this one. Um, but yeah, go ahead, Jamie. Oh uh, well, speaking of box office, right now, um, Batman is the Batman rather is making like tons of money at the box office. And for like you finance nerds out there, I was reading up that AMC did like an experiment where they decided to increase the price of tickets for the Batman by like a dollar and mm-hmm. like premium pricing, and it obviously paid off for them because the movie is grossed um, a lot of money for you know not only the movie theater. Uh, but also for the studio. And um, as of, I guess, as of this recording, the movie has made it like over $300 million. Wow, man, I bet they are loving that because it's been, it's been hard for the box office. Yeah. So it's, um, it's, it's bringing in a lot. I mean, I think what's really going to, what always brings people to the movie theater is nostalgia. And Mm -hmm. Batman is a movie that everybody first of all he's a character that everybody knows right and it's a character everybody's gonna want to know okay what's next in batman's story and people are probably also curious about all of these new actors playing these you know characters that we're familiar with because we've known batman 
I mean, let's just say us as, you know, in, in our ages, right? I yeah. we've known mm-hmm. Batman mm-hmm. since the eighties version, since 1989's Batman with Michael Keaton. Right, right, right. So, yeah. It's, it's been a minute for Batman. So it's, yeah, it's cool that they so, can still reinvent. Yeah. Yeah. So like, um, we're always going to want to know whenever there's a new actor in that, in that role. Okay. How, where's this going to go? How are they going to do, um, and also, you know, that character is near and dear to our hearts. He, Batman mm-hmm. is, even though he doesn't have any powers, he's still like the coolest <laughs> superhero around. Right? Like I, yeah. I, and I, everybody I, wants to be in a Batmobile. Let's just be honest. Everybody wants to ride in a Batmobile. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I've, I've always loved and admired Batman just because of the the story being so dark. It's so different yeah. than other mm-hmm, superhero mm-hmm. stories because all of the, you know, like Marvel and um even other dc comic stories like superman and others you know it, it's all lighthearted and you know, <laughs> you know what i'm saying like you but- guys you guys jamie is a totally a total like og <laughs> so you gotta go you gotta come straight okay don't get for all this like flowers and sunshine rainbows you no know, hardcore sorry like you gotta bring batman in I mean, I said this in my review. I was like, if you're looking for like laughs and, you know, like smiles and stuff, go to a Marvel movie. You're not going to find it here. But I like, I like that about this. Yeah. Yeah. It's supposed to be dark. It's supposed to be Gothic. It's called Gotham city. It's supposed to have that, um, you know, that ambience. And I, I just think that that's what's so unique and cool about the universe. Um, and that's why I even like, you know, kind of offset universes like the Suicide Squad, because they're just it's just so cool to see mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. that angle of, you know, superheroes or even antiheroes than just, oh, we're, you know, we're so cool and bubbly and <laughs> and, and there's a place for Spider-Man. I love Spider-Man. He's great, you know, but um, I kind of like my darker heroes as well. So. Yeah, you know, so Spider-Man got to go to school. You know, he ain't really doing the after-school stuff yet. You know what I mean? So sometimes you got to go to Batman. All right. So speaking of how Batman has been around for generations and we're picking up in this new live action world now and getting to mix it up here with Matt Reeves, there were some cool scenes here. So Jamie, favorite Batman scene or moment, character he was working with? What's your favorite moment? Ooh, okay. Favorite Batman moment. Um... Gosh, that's going to be hard for me to first of all think of because it's been so long since I've seen it. Here, I'll um, go first and then come back. You want me to go first and come back? And come back? Yeah, come back yeah. To you or, okay, yeah. yeah. All right. So my my moment was uh the end, like towards not the like the end end um the fight the not the fight scene. Where were they in? They were in the um what's the dome the stadium arena. I go to arena because I don't know the official maybe Gotham Arena or something like that. I don't know something like that. Um, and he's trying to you know they have the flood and everything. He's trying to save everybody. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, more of the, like the Riddler being the Riddler, like stuff he does. And there's a moment where Rob Pastor did a state where he pulls off his batarang, like pulls it off his chest and does like he holds it and then does like the dive off to keep because he was trying to keep people from getting electrocuted. But I thought it was mad dramatic. I didn't understand like why he like paused out, like froze in the air and then like the drop because nothing had like he, you know, I'm glad he lived and nothing crazy was happening, but. It was just kind of anticlimactic to me. That was like, I don't know. I just thought it was funny and also like very like Robert Pattinson in the bat suit. So I just thought it all came together in that moment That's uh, for me. So yeah, I just thought I just thought it was so weirdly placed, but also like really enjoyed it because it was just more service to him being different in this whole bat world and things not having to be like, I guess as dramatic in a sense when, when uh-huh. things go down and just like his style of fighting. So I just thought that was funny. That was one of my like favorite moments. Yeah, I mean, there's various moments that I really like throughout the movie. Um, I just like the the parallels going back to um, Bruce Wayne's childhood and how they moved it moved it forward with the plot. So, like, there's a great moment during um, I guess it was a funeral scene, the scene where um, they're in a church. Yeah, and, yeah, that's a funeral. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was a funeral scene, and. Uh, there's a car that's going to ram through into mm-hmm, the, mm-hmm. the church, which ends up being um, something that the Riddler had staged. Uh, but in the way of the vehicle was a small little boy. Mm-hmm. And prior to that moment where he obviously goes to the little boy and rescues him from the 
oncoming car that was aiming literally in the boy's direction yeah he was staring at the kid like the whole kind of the whole time and um that to me was kind of saying that you know here you are this little child and he's probably kind of thinking of himself you know this young orphan um so had he not been thinking of kind of himself in that moment him as a kid um, and maybe him not even having the opportunity to be rescued, maybe that little boy wouldn't have been able to have been saved within that split second. So I don't know. There was just some really great um, metaphorical and even a literal story storytelling happening in that moment. Right. And I just thought that scene um, really pulled it off well. So yeah, that, one yeah, that whole moment was, yeah, that whole moment was cool, but not cool. Cause we're like, Riddler, why are you this way? But um, right, yeah, right. it was it was um, yeah, it was definitely that was definitely a moment for sure. I think people will be talking about for years to come because it's like you said, just that um, that metaphor of seeing that little boy. And I felt like there was always those moments of him looking at that little boy. Like, I get it. I yeah. understand, you know. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, and they they don't go into that's another thing I actually like about this uh, story of the Batman they don't talk about the origin story. They don't rehash that, which of course we've seen like right. a million times. Mm, exactly. Um, they, don't, they don't rehash the origin story of how he became an orphan. They just kind of dive into, okay, this is the next phase of what we're going to explore in Bruce's life and assume that we as the audience already know what happened in the past. Um, so I like that because most of us that are watching this movie at this point already do know that (laughs) yeah that's yeah oh also speaking of another moment when um when uh we first get alfred i look at alfred coming to the scene here um like you said i love the cufflinks moment um i also love when alfred always is like trying to be such a dad um to uh to bruce to bruce in this film but i also thought like where's my vibranium i don't know if i was the only one that thought that when alfred appeared on the screen but i like i took it back to marvel for a little bit and kind of thought about that yeah, I, I really that could have just been me though. That could have been just me. Say that part again. <laughs> I was like, that could have just been me. I was still on the Wakanda Wakanda vibranium tip when I saw him pop on screen, but he still <laughs> he did it. He did a great job. Well, I absolutely love Andy Circus. He's amazing, <laughs> awesome. I had the chance of kind of sort of quasi interviewing him on the set visit for Black Panther many many moons ago. So he's great. Um, I, I loved this version of Alfred, like, you know, he's a member of MI6, you know, he's an agent, Uh, we don't get a whole bunch of detail about his past, but we kind of know a little bit about his backstory. He's got a scar on his face. So he's been through some things. And, um, I really appreciate that, that we kind of get a more rough and tough version of Alfred, um, I'm, I'm curious to see where this Alfred will evolve in this version of the Batman universe. Cause I feel like, I don't know. I feel like he could probably go head to head with <laughs> some of the villains alongside with Bruce and some of yeah, these. Yeah. Uh, help Bruce out. You know, we know yeah. he's struggling sometime, you know, help him out. Yeah. And I mean, I would have, I, I guess if I was to give a criticism of the film, um, I would have liked to have seen a little bit more Andy Circus. I'm just saying, like, and yeah, we, we you can't go wrong with that. Yep. More. Yeah, we could have used a little bit more Alfred, but uh, maybe that'll be reserved for another another film. So, but yeah, he he he's brilliant in this, absolutely. And I got yeah. I got I got a little scared. There was a moment where I was like, oh my gosh, do not. Do yeah, this. yeah, me too. I was like, no, has this ever happened to Alfred or Batman? Like, what? Yeah, like do not do this to me, but <laughs> yeah, okay. We we don't we still like Matt Reeves. He brought it back. He brought it back. Like if you haven't seen a movie, you know what we're talking about when you see it. But yeah, he brought it back. He was I was about to get real mad, but he he fixed it. He certainly did. He certainly did. <laughs> uh, also though, we keep speaking of Batman though and, and what's next or whatever, we keep talking about Michael Keaton. I was gonna mention um for those of you that are Flash fans, he's supposed to come back at uh Reprise's role in a Flash movie. Also, they're working on something with Batgirl for HBO Max if you guys are interested. So, you know, there you go. If you like, if you're a Michael Keaton Batman fan. Yes. Shout out to Michael Keaton. I, I love him. And he's on a series currently on Hulu called Dope Sick, which is amazing. Oh, yeah. I heard about that. I haven't had a chance to watch it out. So you guys like me, go check it out. I haven't had a chance to look at it yet. But I heard it's really good. Phenomenal. 
phenomenal series but yeah i mean he's always going to be my og batman like i'm i I don't know i'm always going to have a special place in my heart for michael keaton's batman but i gotta say robert pattinson blew it out of the water he Mm -hmm, really absolutely did and um he is up there I, i i like him better than the christian bale version and the christian bale version was a great batman don't get me wrong but um and i don't know i would be so bold as to say that um matt reeves's batman film holds up just as well if not better than the chris nolan films i'll say this and i know this is probably gonna get some hate online uh because the chris nolan films introduced us to heath ledger's joker so right right yeah yeah yeah. um but i I think storytelling wise, this was a very compelling and incredible film. I think next time, if Matt Reeves is going to be behind this, he just needs to kind of trim it down a little bit. Um, Because I did notice that some people that were critical of the movie said that the running time was a little bit long. And I do agree with that. Yeah, same here. Yeah, even though it didn't need to be three hours, honestly, for me, it didn't feel like it was three hours. My bladder said it felt like it was three hours, but, <laughs> but it didn't, it didn't really feel like three hours to me. Um, but I think, you know, to be able to give people the opportunity to feel comfortable with packing a story together in a in a way that's digestible for them, I think it's best to just keep it at two hours going forward. Um, but yeah, I, Matt Reeves did an incredible job. This this is this is a brilliant film, and and it wouldn't surprise me that the movie's doing so well um, financially because there's people going back seeing it a second time. Maybe yeah, time you know yeah, it's that kind of movie because you would miss some things. And you know, I will. I was one of those people that was sitting there like, Lord, this is getting way too long. It wasn't my bladder. I was just sitting there like, what is hat like? <laughs> So, you know, like some of the scenes I feel like could be a little bit shorter, but I appreciated it because, and I think people have to remember too, you know, some of the things that inspired it, like Batman, um, I think it's like year one or something like that. Yeah, Batman year one, some of the things that kind of expired, some of the comments that kind of expired it were, it's like the beginning stages of these characters that we love. You know what I mean? Like you kind of have to fall into, um, you know, Selena Kyle a little bit more, you know, this type of Bruce Wayne a little bit more, you know, the... um you know, the penguin, not, you know, we kind of know where he's going, but he's not the penguin yet. So you get this like very beginning story of all these characters. So he, you know, I feel like Matt Reeves kind of needed a little time there to, you know, really flush it out. Um, as you were saying, Jamie, to kind of really put us in that scene into the moment of these characters. Uh, yeah. So he can, you know, hopefully come back and do it again, you know, fingers crossed. Yeah. I mean, I, I'd, I'd love to see him back behind uh, the camera making this film again, because uh, it, it, it was brilliant. And, just like Chris Nolan came back um, with Dark Knight Rises, uh, we we definitely need to have Matt have his sequel as well because it, it it's just it, it was a beautiful film and and I agree with you with your sentiments at the very beginning about um, us getting a Catwoman film. I, I think it's long overdue. Please give us a Catwoman film. Yeah, I mean, as much as we love Howley here at BGN, we do. Um, that movie wasn't good. It just you know wasn't what. Good. They better put Halle Berry in it. When they do another Catwoman movie, they better find out a way to put Halle Berry in it. I would be so mad if they don't because I think, okay, I'm like you said, this this was not my favorite Catwoman film. I get it. I get where people are coming from. It definitely had its holes and everything. But I feel like there was an attempt made. I also feel like Halle Berry does that live action very well. I just think it needed a different kind of story. Obviously, probably different promotion and everything like that too because we know how that goes. But I'm hoping to put, I'm hoping they will put her in this somehow. Like if they do another Catwoman, just somehow, just so she could quit like being followed around by that, like forever, just do something like something different. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I I mean, she wouldn't be the, she wouldn't be Catwoman, but I think it would be, you know, I think it would be cool somehow to kind of work it in there. You yeah. know, but I, I just, I don't know. I just feel bad that they're always like, oh, it's the worst thing I ever seen. I mean, I've seen worse. <laughs> if you think about like just worse films she's got, but she's got, that, she's got that and storm that's following her <laughs> so. yeah and storm and i'm mad because i love storm but i do understand where people are coming from like you know the more you look at the film more you look back at the x-men films and everything and we have our own little side pa- podcast on that but 
I see where they're coming at with that. But it's just, I don't know. It's like these characters that start from the beginning. When you get these roles from the beginning and these actors get what they get as far as plot, people don't understand how to take this world apart. Like Matt Reeves understood how to take Batman apart and show yeah. us this world. Yeah. And not every not every creator, they sometimes they put the actors in. Not everybody knows how to do that. And so I feel bad for the people that are followed around by these, you know, these the live action versions, the ones we see from the comics that we want to see done right. And it's just not there. No matter how much you say, it's also like, Black people are marketable. You don't have to say that too many times. You you hope you don't have to say that too many times, but you have to repeat yourselves. Um, yeah, you know, for some of these characters. So, you know, absolutely. like that's another thing. So I'm just hoping like we get that when we get that live that Catwoman movie, which I'm hoping that we get that because this this like Zoe Kravitz definitely served it up and was like, yeah, I'm ready to go. Let's do it. So hopefully they'll get for her 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 spotlight and it's done right. And then you know mm-hmm. maybe maybe throw a little Halle Berry in there. You know if she got time or something. Yeah, I mean, I'm not opposed to Halle Berry making a cameo or, you know, or even having a significant role in the film. Um, I just I, I I think that Catwoman uh, just deserves to have another opportunity to mm-hmm. be in, in the cinematic universe because uh, she's such a great character. And out of all of the Batman characters, Catwoman is up there as far as like yeah. the most popular. Mm-hmm. Next to the Joker, she's the most popular character. So why not give her her own film um, again? <laughs> yeah, he needed, uh, Batman needed right. a woman that made it like a little bit hard on him. You know what I mean? Because he's like that playboy that all the girls be like coming around. And what, so he, needs, he needed one woman that was like, mm-hmm. can I get yeah. making work? Yeah, I I love the chemistry between Robert Pattinson and, and Zoe Kravitz. That, yeah, that's, that yeah. She was like palpable. So I'm I like here it, for I like it. it. I, I, uh, yeah, I, I would love to see them unpack uh, more into their relationship in the sequel um, if and when that happens. But we know that there's going to be a sequel. This movie's made of too much money. For yeah, them not for them it. to be like, you know, second movie, <laughs> what? No, uh, yeah, you know, you know, DC, DC is riding that train, riding that train right now, which I like. I like. Keep it up, DC. They figured it out because, you know, you, you could get pretty decent shows out of them. But these movies. Lord, you will waste a whole bunch of money on these movies. I'm telling you, Warner Brothers is stepping it up because it used to be back in the day, the Marvel movies was way better Mm -hmm. than the Warner Brothers DC movies. But now with Suicide Squad, shout out to James Gunn with what he did. Suicide Squad. Um, That movie kicked ass. Like that was a good movie. Now the first one, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, nah. <laughs> the, this latest, the Suicide Squad, that was a good movie. Shazam yep. was a good movie. Shazam was I, awesome. Yep. Yeah. So I mean, there's DC is definitely stepping it up um, with their slate of movies, and uh, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. I I would really like to see. Um, I mean, I guess technically the streaming service would be HBO Max because Warner Brothers and HBO Max. Um, are you know they own hbo max so but i'd yeah. love to see this their streaming service sort of do kind of what disney plus is doing with the marvel um oh yeah property. that'd be interesting yeah yeah I, i'd love to see them do you know that with like you know what cw does with the flash and you know yeah because the- i think they just got like titans on there now um but yeah, yeah they should bring like all that stuff like over to hbo yeah because they can really ramp it up if it's on hbo yeah. max you can really ramp up some of that stuff that you can't do you know the cw is always gonna cut you down on some of the stuff you put like air so exactly. you could really like take some of these comic characters and go to town like on hbo max so yeah that would be cool I think they have the, I think the latest one now is the DMZ. Um, yeah. Series. I want to check that out. Yeah. That looks cool. Yep. I've seen it so far. So far it's, it, it's interesting. I, I'm curious to get your, <laughs> <laughs> you can't forget my opinion. I'll, I'll let you know. I'll let you know. You know what? I have not, <laughs> I have not read the DMZ, um, you know, the, the comics. So I, yeah, I, yeah. I was trying to read, I wanted to read, like, check out at least one. I haven't either. So I wanted to like, like, you know, do that, like beginner, like look at it and then try to see what the series is doing. But yeah, I'll keep, I'll let you know. I'll let you know, but I'm curious to see what they got going. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm curious to, I'm curious to hear from fans of the DMZ mm-hmm. comics, what they think of the show. Cause so far my perception of the show is it's, it's just a little bit slow in my opinion, but yeah. Um, so far, people like critics that have seen it actually really enjoy it. And one of our critics here on BGN absolutely loved it. 
Um, so don't take my word for it. Um, but <laughs> yeah, you guys yeah. go check, go check that out. Also, Jamie has been telling you guys, she did a like awesome review for Batman for the Batman. So go check that out on our website. Let her know your reactions, what you think. Um, you know, always keep us posted on what you think of the film. So definitely go, yeah. you know, check out the film and all that kind of stuff. We did a lot of coverage on the Batman here at Black Girl Nerd. So yeah, check out my review. We also have interviews with Robert Pattinson, Zoe Kravitz, Colin Farrell, John Turturro. And we also did um, an interview with Andy Serkis. So definitely check those out as well. Um, all on Black Girl Nerds and also on the Black Girl Nerds YouTube channel. Yeah, guys, got lots of cool content. You know, and maybe we'll maybe we'll come back and do some more comic books stuff for you guys. We'll we'll try. We'll try to keep giving you guys reviews as all this stuff. We should do that. I yeah, I, we'll we'll try to keep it going. You know, with the HBO Max is coming out. You know, instead of just telling you, we'll we'll try. Like, we, you know, we guys we're trying to go like different angles. We're trying to bring you guys so much content, but we're gonna try to give you our reactions more on stuff. Our our next big comic book movie is gonna be Doctor Strange. Too. oh well then we got to like i mean we don't have options we'll we have, have to. to do that one that's in may so we got a little bit of time on that yeah we one. got time we got time but yeah we have to yeah. do a reaction episode for that we got to do we that one yeah and then um moon knight is going to be coming out soon Ooh, too. yeah moon knight looks good oh uh, I'm, I'm excited about we'll that have to, we'll have to talk about moon knight um but yeah so there you go we're, we're putting it out there you guys so like you put it out in the universe it happens right so we got to kind of get it on our schedules and get it ready yeah, and by the way, guys, tweet us at BGM Podcast if there's any suggestions of like comic book shows or TV movies that you guys want us to talk about. Let us know. I mean, we'll go ahead and do the thing and watch it, do our research, and we'll talk about it because we're we're stands. We are huge, huge super fans of uh, comic books and and what they represent. So um, oh, yeah. definitely emphasis on the nerds. So doing that anyway. So just ask us what you guys want to talk about. Heck yeah. <laughs> Jamie, <laughs> it is fun as always to talk to you. It's always fun. Likewise. This was great. This was a great show. All right, you guys. So like, let us know. Check out Black Nerds website. I think we got some new merch. Jamie, let you guys know about. Um, check out all like all our social media as always. We're always telling you daily what is coming out. Nerdwise, let us know on Twitter. Like Jamie said, what you guys want to hear from us because we love to rant and rave and give you our reaction. So we will do it because there's lots of Marvel, lots of DC stuff coming up, um, lots of independent comics and and films and stuff like that coming out as well that we love to give you our takes on. So just let us know and you guys stay safe and um, you know thanks for listening as always. Thanks. Talk to you soon. Bye. The Black Girl Nerds podcast is produced by Jamie Brodnax. The opening theme song to our show is written and performed by Samus. Various instrumentals are performed by Samus, Sky Blue, and Shubzilla. You can find various episodes of the Black Girl Nerds podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Audioboom, Google Play Music, and Spotify.